Get to know Wilmington University online or in person at their open house on May 4th. Details and RSVP at wilmu.edu slash open house. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The steal by Iverson, posting in! He won the He won the game! Being there to say absolutely no! from Scott, yes! Do you love this game? Hey, welcome to the Sixers Talk Podcast, brought to you by Wilmington University, Wilmu Works, Danny Pommels, and Ben Barry here with instant analysis after the Sixers' game one loss to the Miami Heat, where it kind of got a got kind of ugly there down the stretch. Um, kind of what you expected from the 76ers trying to throw everything at Miami to see what sticks without Joel Embiid, but a uh, one point halftime lead turned into what is it, a almost 20 14 point loss here for the 76ers. Um, what did you see, Ben, and, and what what uh, caught your eye here as the Sixers uh, are fighting out of a hole here, down one game to none? Okay, so the Sixers, they're down one nothing. I want to start with the positive, Tobias Harris. He was aggressive. He put up 18 shots, finished with 27 points, and that is great. If you would have yeah. told me we were going to get that out of Tobias Harris, I would have thought the six, the game was at least close Uh I know they were down by more than 20 at one point. I would have thought the game was close if the Sixers would have at least won. So I like that. He found his spots. He made quick, decisive moves, finished at the rack. So shout out to Tobias Harris, um, as Danny calls me, the president. We started with Tobias Love. That is unlike you. President of the anti-Tobias Harris Club. Moving on. And – we're going to spend a lot of time talking about James Harden. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about the young, young up-and-coming star, Terrence Maxey. But I would say as a team, as a whole, it looked like at coming out of halftime that the Heat were just deeper and had more energy. The, they made more plays, but the Sixers just looked sluggish and out of it at that point. Like They were burnt out, and I don't want to blame it on playing an extra game against the Raptors, but – the Heat definitely looked like they had more energy. They forced the Sixers to shoot way too many, way too many three-point shots when they – I think they shot below 20%, which isn't good, but I know the Heat have a arguably historic offense – I mean defense uh, at the rack, at the rim. So just an all-around effort. The energy wasn't there. I think they could have did more. I'm sure we'll get more in depth on – Harden and Maxi, but shout out to Tobias Harris. I want to say much of the rest of the team brought it though. Yeah, it was funny because, um, you know, I thought the Sixers did a good job fighting off that initial push from the Miami Heat. Like they started, uh, you know, the Sixers started DeAndre Jordan, which I think put them in a hole, was part of the reason why they were fighting out of in a deficit there because Bam Adebayo. I think he scored the first couple baskets and uh, it was it was on from there. But I thought they did a good job fighting off of that initial run by the Heat, which translated into them having a halftime lead. And listen, I, I don't think they're going to shoot as bad as they did from three. 
and, and really you can't think either team is going to shoot that bad. The Sixers six of 34, the Heat nine of 36. So that definitely will change in game two. But Tobias Harris definitely put the team on his shoulders and came out playing as if uh, he knew what 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 was needed from him in order to to overcome this the loss of Joel Embiid. Um, but the Heat didn't have Kyle Lowry, and they had a bunch of guys who were questionable coming in, but they all warmed up and and played. So, you know, it's, it's funny because I th- a little bit of the Fred Van Vliet factor of him not playing allowed Miami to play interchangeable with some of their other players. Um, but, yeah, Gabe Vincent and Max Struess um, started in the backcourt for Miami, and they didn't really do anything particularly with the bad three-point shooting. But I thought that the the fact that Kyle Lowry was out gave them a little bit more interchangeability. But that being said, Tobias Harris definitely deserves some flowers, but they just didn't have enough firepower. And I think the the DeAndre Jordan minutes were were awful, just a waste of of space. Um, I would have liked to see you know someone else there, but um, you know what is what it is. You kind of kind of take it on the chin here, focus on trying to get a split though in these first two games. I think that was the Sixers game plan coming in, and it has to continue to be their game plan. You got to win one of these games in order to have something coming into the games in Philly and hopefully the return of Joel Embiid because he's out for these first two games and hopefully they'll see him in game three and have a one, one series and that'll carry them, you know, through the rest of the series. I agree with you because if they come back to Philly Friday night in game three, down two Oh, I'm not saying it's impossible, but you're asking the Sixers to win what for the next five games and who we're hoping Embiid comes back Friday night. It's not a guarantee at that point. I feel like they have to steal one of these games in Miami. So, and again, we'll get the Harden and Maxi. They have to play better. Um, going back to DeAndre Jordan, and I have a question for you because of how good the Heat's defense is. Over the season, they only allow 17 shots a game in the restricted area, but they allow teams to shoot. I think uh, 46% of their opponents shot uh, from beyond the arc. Just here's an idea. Here's a question for you. When you think about going small, even though I know they played shot poorly from beyond the arc, when you think about going small, maybe having Niang at the five, Niang, Harris, Harden, Embiid, and either Danny Green or Matisse Thibel to start game two, just to spread it out more because you're not getting to the rack, even though I think they should go to the rack more. But the Heat's defense, because they're so interchangeable, they make it hard to get there. Niang, I am not confident confident on – obviously he didn't shoot the ball well, so we'll get that out of the way. He was 0 for 7 from 3. He had a few balls that were halfway in and came out. But regardless, you just need more from him. And and in a certain way, you kind of got to have to play a perfect game in order to beat Miami at home in game one on their home floor without Joel Embiid. He kind of kind of played near to perfect. Um, I do like the idea of the small ball lineups. I'm not – it looked like Niang was even limping a little bit out there, um, getting up and down the court toward the end. But I am anti any lineup that has DeAndre Jordan and Matisse Thibel on the floor at the same time because neither of them are bringing anything offensively. And DeAndre is barely – if at all, bringing anything defensively as far as protecting the rim or making guys alter their shots or causing, you know, intimidation anywhere in the paint. So he's, you know, pretty much washed, but 
you know, Doc Rivers is in love with him and just continues to put him out there in situations to try to give him a chance to show something. But I do like the idea of going small. And in essence, they're kind of going small when they have Paul Reed out there. Like he's an undersized big man and his motor and the intensity he brings isn't necessarily like a traditional center. He's, you know, more or less, you know, active as if he's a forward. His activity level is, is that of a forward. So, you know, I, I can't figure that part out for so, them with the Doc Rivers thing, but um, I just feel like Bassey would be a better option than Millsap or DeAndre Jordan. So I would agree with you there. I yeah. like B-Ball Paul. I know the Philadelphia is a fan of B-Ball, B-Ball Paul. Just Bro, if you sneeze, he picks up a foul. If, yeah. if you cough too hard, it's a foul on Paul Reed. So it just looks at times in that Raptor series and in game one that maybe the moment was too big with – he just dropped some passes that were in his lap. And I don't know if it's nerves, uh, it's NBA playoff basketball, just at times. Paul Reed? Yeah, Paul Reed. So well, you would even rather have him out there making mistakes than what DeAndre Jordan is giving you. Oh, w- without a doubt. It's just right. do you run the risk of just have him go out there and make mistakes, or do you go out there I, and just bro, have I, bad I, even, I don't even think he's making that many mistakes that are – crucial to the outcome of the game it's the fouls that's the issue it's like he he put up two fouls in the first quarter he had three by halftime then he had five at the end of the third like it's like you he you it he gives he commits fouls at an incredible clip and you could probably pump fake him at breakfast and he would drop his cheerios bro like he the dudes they pump fake him and it, you could just telegraph it you could see it coming but you know he's going to fall for the pump fake. I think Jimmy Butler got him one time that got him in the, into some foul trouble. And I think Bam Adebayo got him a second time, another time in the second half. It, it just, you you know, he's going to go for the shot block. He's a little too aggressive. And, and as particularly, bro, in a time like this, when you need him to be better than he has been, a time like this where you need him to kind of ratchet up his play, he's still you know, as, as most young players are stuck into what he does well, which is the aggression and trying to block shots and, you know, beating you to loose balls and things like that. And a lot of that is great, but you got to kind of stay within yourself, keep your feet on the ground and not fall for some of those pump fakes, not fall for, you know, some of those ticky tack files and things like that. So that probably is the thing I was disappointed about the most, but I, I you know, I, I, I am game to to do it again. I, I'm I'm in with Paul Reed and anyone else, not DeAndre Jordan or Paul Millsap, so much that I would stomach Niang playing center if it meant that DeAndre Jordan wouldn't be out there. I I agree. I I think just there until Embiid comes back, to spread them out might be their most useful tool because, and I just don't think their either team is going to shoot as poorly as they did in Game One. The Sixers were, was it six of thirty-four from beyond the arc, seventeen percent, and forty-three percent overall. The Heat were twenty-five percent from beyond the arc, forty-four percent overall. I would like to think the Sixers. It's just they're not going to go that cold again. I, I hope not, and but I don't anticipate Miami doing that either. But I'm also looking at people like James Harden who. You need to take more shots. I think he took nine shots in the first half. He had three in the third quarter. And then by the fourth quarter, the game was out of reach. So it's, 
you know, yes, uh, him getting people involved is very important to this team. Yes, him playmaking and distributing the basketball. But and you've seen it out there in other places like you need the old James Harden, not an old James Harden. You know what I'm saying? So in bars, you know, he just looks washed out there and not quite quick enough, a little a step slow. But even when he did, he's determined that he's going to get a shot off or take it to the basket. Um, he, we just need more of that. It's just not enough for him to take 12, 13 shots with Joel out and hope that the other guys pick up the slack. In a game like like tonight, Tobias Harris picked up all the slack in game one, but yet Harden didn't quite do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? And it, and it wasn't even the fact that he was shooting and missing. He wasn't even shooting enough. Like, he didn't even try hard enough to, like, put up enough shots or what have you. So I think that I was a little disappointed there because, you know, you're looking at this guy Harden and, and how he fits now, what the future is with this team. And there's a chance he could get 200 million bucks as a, as a max player, but not from the Sixers. Like they, they in no way, shape or form should they be giving him any money besides the player option. He can opt to opt into after the season. Like at this point, you want to have one more year of him and to show that you got something for the Ben Simmons trade, but you can't continue to hope that he's going to figure it out as he's aging. And, and, and there's going to be a little bit more that he has in the tank. So, you know, yeah. with Embiid, I feel like he brings a, another dynamic that they don't have and the veteran savvy without Embiid and him not stepping up. He's just another guy out there. Yeah. Something we talked about last week when, Long time. Uh, well, the original Paul Hudrick was on the pod. Like James Harden, like I don't want to say he's old, but he's been in the league for a while. Like Kevin Durant, what, 14 years in the league. LeBron James, 18, 19 years in the league. Like, and James Harden, all that time he was in Houston, is not he didn't do a lot of load management. If any, I would say he probably played the second amount of most games, if not the first, during that time in Houston. It's a question that I think the Sixers front office need to have is like, maybe he's just getting old along the tooth. It's a struggle for him to blow by people or get by people. When he goes downhill to the rack, which at times it looked like it was happening tonight, he can, he can make a play happen, but too often. And especially if he's going to sign a super max, it wasn't happening enough for him to receive another super max. I, as you said, and as we said in previous podcasts, as we said from the live pod, at Urban Saloon before game three against the Raptors. We want him to be more aggressive. The only shoot, four, take four shots in the second half, especially when, especially when Miami made that big run in the third quarter. It's, to say it's unacceptable, it might sound harsh, but it's unacceptable coming from what wanted somebody from that big one two punch and the other, the other guy from that one two punch, Joel Embiid, didn't play. Like, we need James Harden. The Sixers need James Harden to score at least 25 points a game. And just an efficient 25, you can't have the five turnovers to, to win this series, even with Joel Embiid on the court. This 16 points, 13 shots isn't going to get it done. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging 
so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because you feel like this is the game like taylor made for harden like an opportunity for him to kind of write his own story a little bit because joel and b was out because there was so much doubt because they're the underdog so much i i thought you know i told these the crew on sixers pregame live like matisse thibel was my x-factor he sucked uh, you know tonight <laughs> so it, it just it, it just was a, a moment where like no one stepped up maxi six for 15 just not quite himself um and it's and it's, i don't know man it's times where i want maxi to even hunt his own shot or you know it was times he had pj tucker switched on to him which you know people laud pj tucker for his defense but i've seen plenty of dudes put him on skates i've seen a ton of dudes put him in a blender and that was you know in years where he was probably a little younger a little bit more spry so I want Maxi to kind of get, you know, what I mean, into his thing, and and then you know when he gets into the paint, he's going to draw guys, and that's the opportunities to hit the open shooters and kick it out. So where Harden can't do that, you know, get by people in order to draw those extra defenders, it's more or less, you know, somebody just on his hip the whole time he's going to the basket, and then like begging for a foul call. But I've seen Maxi time and time again get by guys, and then get to the rim, get fouled. And I think more like, you know, James has the ball in his hand a lot and he's creating the opportunities and Maxi defers to these other players, which is definitely a role younger guys should often play. But without Joel Embiid and without Harden being aggressive, there has to be another aggressive guy on the floor besides Tobias Harris. You know what I'm saying? There has to be someone else out there who's making the defense keep it, keep it honest. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I'm a little disappointed Maxie didn't quite see that opportunity and, and, and see it as, as a way for him to, you know, put up one of those Maxie type games that we've seen in the past when he's dropped like 39 or what have you. But not to say that 39 was the way for them to win. I think the way that they sh- could have won this game is just be making more shots. I mean, six for 34 from three is putrid. Um, but at the same time, um, I, I just they need more aggression from the guys who are going to be the scores with Joel out. But this is what we expect, right, bro? Is this, is this not what we expect? Expected? Did, did you see it going this way? The line was seven and a half in the game. They ended up losing by 14. They didn't have it in the, like you said, in the third or fourth quarter. This is kind of what you expected. I didn't expect them to shoot so poorly. I didn't expect that. No, for Maxi, what, six of 15, I thought he was still aggressive at times. And it was like, End of the game, he got he got to the rim and the ball just didn't go in. Like I would like to see him, and it's hard to say because some of those shots weren't falling in, but to turn it up a notch. And as I stated earlier, to see the Sixers spread it out more, but I don't want them to fall in love with just shooting threes. And maybe that's just a critique of the overall NBA because definitely you. I grew up watching just guys take it to the rack, not every six-footer like Carl Anthony Towns, and this is – Besides the point, like people say, he's the best big man. Uh, he won a three point contest, so you got to give him that. So, I mean, 
one, that's so disrespectful to Dirk Nowitzki. Two, it doesn't mean anything if you can't get down there in a block and do something. But just take it to the rim at times. Like, Don't always just settle for jump shots because if it's not falling, you're not helping your team and you're letting the defense in this series, Miami Heat, just get off easy. They're like, oh, they're going to shoot jump shots and not attack the rim. So, Maxie, I would like continue to attack the rim. Hopefully some of these shots fall in game two Wednesday night. We'll just see what happens. But, yeah, your point is well taken because – I didn't see them like going at Tyler Hero on the other end or whoever was he was guarding. I didn't see them taking advantage of a, a few of these, you know, mismatches uh, when when they occurred. But um, I, I, you know, th- that was part of the formula for them beating the Heat here in South Philly without Harden and Embiid is they attacked Tyler Hero a lot. And I, you know, I didn't see that at all, you know, in this game. And he ends up without twenty five, I think. But. Um, it was disappointing. Did you feel like um, Doc's, you know, moves and the adjustments he tried to make with Shake and Furkan Korkmaz, who we saw in this game, um, did you feel like he was, you know, smooth or, or had, had the right answers at any point in the game? You know, I can't put too much or any of this on Doc. I think Doc was trying some things. Mm-hmm. But the Sixers just didn't shoot well. Like, did anyone shoot well on the team besides Tobias Harris? No. Nah, nah. Yeah, so – about it. You know, no so it's one, on the players. More players. It's, it's on the players. Like as, as Shaq said the other other night, like it's on the players. It's not on Doc. Doc's not out there playing. Coaches ain't out there. He would sit there and tell Pat Riley or Phil Jackson, you know, we got this. I don't know. You can make it at what you want because Shaq be talking. Um, but it's on the players. Like shoot better. Don't settle for jump shots all the time. Bro, this is going to be a quick series, as I you know imagine the other ones will, but. We got games every other day this week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Um, we'll be back in South Philly on Friday here. At game two, just one day in between for them to kind of regroup and try something new. Okay, okay, it wasn't on Doc Rivers this game. It was on the players. What adjustments do you think he might make going into game two? Do you think he'll be starting DeAndre Jordan again? And, uh, you know, maybe, you know, <laughs> It's just weird saying it, but Paul Millsap maybe getting the start or he'll be the backup to Paul Reed. How do you see that playing out? Uh, what adjustments do you think he might make? You know, listeners on YouTube and uh, people watching on YouTube, people listening on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen, don't jump down my throat. It's just what I think Doc Rivers I can feel what's happening here. I, can feel. I, I feel like he might start uh, DeAndre Jordan. Like, I know people <laughs> want to see B-ball Paul or – Bassy, like I, I do kind of bro. I feel you though, like starting DeAndre kind of makes it so that Paul's not in like foul trouble in the first two minutes of the game. Like it it kind of helps if you if DeAndre can give you some minutes there from the start, kind of elongates you know the opportunity you have with Paul Reed. Cause even in this game where DeAndre Jordan started, Paul still almost fouled out. So I kind of get what he's thinking there, but DeAndre Jordan is not going to give you any type of um, activity, off, yeah, offensively or defensively. So, right, any- if they don't start, like if I would say Bassey and Paul Reed get as many minutes as possible, you might have to go small with Niang. Well, Unless we saw Bassey at the end of the game, so I'm right. hoping that that's Doc trying to acclimate him to what it might be like on the floor, so that in game two we can see him in some some valuable minutes. Yeah, so. Bassey, Paul Reed, 
let them get as much burn as possible, go small with Niang, and just emphasize going to the rack and just shooting better. If the shot's not going in, don't just settle for jump shots. Don't settle for, you know, maybe some more motion offense, some pick and rolls. It's just settling for jump shots because you that's what a lot of players do now. It's not going to work if it's not falling. I um thought they would have gotten more killed on the boards just by the eye test of watching the game, which would have made me feel more like Bassey was the one. Like definitely they were getting clobbered on second chance points and things like that. But I feel like Bassey can give you some of those, you know, defensive rebounds and you know, some of that energy and and some of that length and and whatnot that you're you're lacking with DeAndre Jordan. And I mean length as far as like protecting the rim. And DeAndre's big enough to do it, but just can't at this point of his career. And you know, we all reach a point where we're not quite what we used to be. But I think Doc Rivers um not going with the youth or giving them an opportunity is kind of putting the Sixers even more behind the eight ball because DeAndre Jordan just does not have it. And even Niang wouldn't be an answer. Like, bam, out of bio, we'll have him for lunch. Um, I, maybe more, more zone might be the answer. Maybe playing a little more zone, a stronger zone. And um, I, I do have to say this before we go too far, but I, you know, bro, I'm super disappointed in Tyrese Maxey's defense because he can't guard anybody, bro. He, he just he can't finish plays. It's times where uh, the guy he was guarding, you know, um, he doesn't like box them out all the way or, or doesn't stay with them at least on the rebounds and they're getting, you know, offensive boards and things like that. So, and, and he's often there in the proper position of where he should be, but he's not like daunting, like slowing guys down or, or, or making them think about it. He's just like in front of them and he's not like extending to the, like smother them defense. You know what I'm saying? It's just like he's in position and in the right place, but he's just moving around the floor and guys are just going, you know, kind of where they want to. But, um, you know, everyone needs to step up this next game. Not to like lock in on Tyrese, but everybody needs to step up. And and that's kind of the thing is, you know, I, I said it earlier, you almost have to play perfect in order to make this, you know, s- steal a game here in Miami. Um, the crowd wasn't in it. That definitely wasn't a problem because they didn't even show up until halftime. It's a bummer. Um, well, all due respect to that, and it, they had the same problem when LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh was there. It's probably a lot of things you can do in Miami on a Monday night. Yeah, I, I ain't <laughs> mad at it. I ain't mad. I, I, I wish I was there sometimes. But <laughs> as a from a basketball standpoint, the crowd ain't in it. You're playing poorly. You're up one at halftime. So you 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 had the game one, you know, forty eight minutes, twenty four in the first half, twenty four in the second. You had a twenty four minutes of success, but coming out of the locker room, it just was not the same level of intensity. And the aggressors are rewarded in a lot of instances in sports. And I feel like the Heat definitely came out aggressive, and they started that second half aggressive. It's very true. And something you said about Niang and Bam, Bam would have them. I know the Heat average like the fourth lowest sh- amount of shots in the restricted area is only like 18 a game. And maybe not having the angle on Bam, maybe Tobias. Uh, I feel like there's something you can do. I'm not Tobias exactly. Tobias can't guard everybody. 
I'm not. Shout out to Tobias because his defense is definitely taking a, a step it up. It did but... take a step. It did take a step up, and Maxie's defense was there. Tobias but... love flowing out of your mouth right yeah. now. Yo, save this pod. You know, <laughs> save this pod, everybody. It's, you know, a squirrel gets a nut twice a day. Clock. Oh no, a clock is right twice a day. A squirrel. There you go. No, 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 no. Go, go with your announcement. Yeah. Do it your way no, you want to just... do it. Hey man, I'm just trying to think of what Doc can do to make sure the Sixers don't come back to Philly down Folks, to nothing. You, you got to forgive Ben. He's actually fully focused on watching Doctor Strange two later this week, so he's just just going through the motions until he can see the movie. Now, I'm focused on the Sixers, trying to make this a series. And I, yes, I already have my tickets for that, <laughs> right. so you know, exactly. big ups, big ups. Um, man, uh, game two Wednesday. Um, we'll all be locked in. It'll be exciting. Um. The announcer sucked. I thought. I thought Grant Hill was a hater. I, I thought, you know, a lot of backhanded compliments for the Sixers. You know, I'm someone like because I see on Twitter, or Facebook, people just upset at the announcers, whether they're, whether it's Ala Kate or whether it's the national crew on ESPN or TNT. Can we get Gus Johnson for this one? Like, I've been waiting to hear. I, I've been watching he, all the Sixers broadcasts. He probably has. I don't know who has the. Maverick Suns are playing now. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't he know who has that game. game. Yeah, I think Gus would have wanted to go to Miami if he had a choice. But I like I'm not someone that gets too high up or, or down on announcers and broadcasters. It might be a few where I just like I'd rather them not do the game. But I know a lot. Of, oh, they're hating. They hate the Sixers or they hate the Eagles or this or that or this person is terrible. I I think what they do, their jobs are incredibly hard. I don't think a lot of people realize what they do. From game to game and the prep and we all, we both know things. what they do. We both know. We Same do. Flavor. I'm talking Same about the flavor. The yeah, fans, the, the fans, the comments online. Yeah, they so, definitely like, go a little too far sometimes. You no, know, I like you thought Grant sucked. I thought he was all right. So, I mean, it, I just, I you know how bad some excitement. You have to be bad for me to think you're bad. You have to be like really bad for me to think you're a bad broadcaster. Oh, were you a Chris Webber fan? Did you like him as a broadcaster? I liked him better in studio. Okay. Yeah. But I don't think you could put him back in studio because watching Ch- Chuck and Shaq just argue every other night is amazing. Right. <laughs> don't even matter what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, my favorite is when Shaq is upset because Kenny and Charles like dominate the conversation. <laughs> you can't go one, two, and then back to one. You got to go one, two, and then three. Don't come to me. Don't come. Right. right. Shaq is like, and sometimes it seems so real. Like, man. Man, you're a bum. You don't know what you're talking about, Chuck. Google yeah. me, Chuck. Like it, it gets, it escalates so quick. I think it definitely be serious sometimes. So, um, but like brothers, man, they they make up and forget about it. Yeah, but, Shaq uh, had Chuck's back when KD was sending subliminals. Well, not even subliminals, direct shots on Instagram yeah. last week. So a little unfounded, but shots all all the same. And then they they had the hilarious bus driver thing with uh, the chuck oh, wagon. And all uh, amazing! But um, hey, we will be here after game two uh, on Wednesday with uh, some instant reaction. Uh, Danny Pomels and Ben Barry. Make sure to check out Noah Levick's work on NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. He's been pumping out the articles. He's at these practices and uh, covering the team like not many other people can. So check out uh, Noah Levick's work. And uh, we'll be joining you with the Sixers Talk podcast after game two. We'll see what adjustments this team makes. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here, Ben? One final thought. Other things are going to be offline, off the pot. One, to the people that have asked about these paintings in the background, got Muhammad Ali and Michael Jordan, love those. And a, a couple other I put up on social media today. 
local Philly artist, Chuck Styles. He did like an Andrew McCutcheon card. Check out his work because people always ask. That's all. Uh, that, that's a good one. Now, Chuck is heavy too. He he yep. got a crazy. Nice. Follow him on IG or whatever because he got some crazy artwork. He um, it's, it's it's nothing on there. I haven't like he he comes. Everything is he. No, definitely. I met Chuck too at the Sixers Art Expo that they had at the Fitler okay. Club or whatever. Um, a few years back, I didn't know it was him, but I was at, I was liking this the things and he was standing there because he's the artist of the photo he's like oh yeah I'm, this is my stuff and whatnot so a cool dude but um I, I didn't i didn't recognize chuck's stuff back there that's tough bro yeah they, i definitely i feel i feel the people who've liked it because i like his work too but um hey uh be sure to join us wednesday uh we'll have all you need to know in the meantime if you see me and me or ben barry out come speak say hello and uh, we'll chat up some sixers with you but uh thanks for listening to sixers talk podcast brought to you by wilmington university will works we'll see you next time